0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on security for State of the Union. Number two, what's happening with Russia. And number three, we've got a special edition of The Tally this morning. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story, security is increasing for State of the Union around Washington, D.C.,
1: Yes. Uh, uh, thank God there's going, there's some foresight here. Um, the Pentagon has approved according to the AP from a statement that the Pentagon released last night, the deployment of 700 unarmed, excuse me, unarmed national Guard troops to the Capitol. This is basically, I mean, it seems to be, this is a, um, a preventative measure for, in in case this truck convoy comes to, to Washington. Now the truck convoy, uh, uh, has said at least it's said by so far that it will not come into the Capitol. um and these National Guard troops are for um they're for traffic control at the moment but they've said they're not going to come into the Capitol, so or they're not going to come into Washington so they're not going to come to the capitol directly it's kind of good Anna because uh, as we know the state of the Union is kind of a, a mess from a security perspective either way
0: Absolutely. But again, just kind of shows the tensions and how quickly Washington is trying to react in a way that it it didn't uh, when it came to January 6th and kind of the lessons that have been learned there to take some preemptive measures. All right, Jake, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Kiev wanting more sanctions.
1: Yeah, Ukrainian foreign minister Dmitry Kuleba uh, met yesterday with uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken at the State Department. It was kind of he'd held the news conference. It was kind of a remarkable news conference in which basically uh, Kuleba really tried to uh, put the screws to allies to stand up against Russia. He said hit them hard, hit them now, hit their economy where it hurts. Um, uh, Biden's expected to announce more sanctions today against Putin and his inner circle and lawmakers in in both parties are um, talking at least initially and nothing's going to happen until Congress gets back into session. Um, They are going to probably release a sanctions package of some sort that would only happen next week when Congress gets back, presumably after the state of the union. Um, Not really having an impact so far as Russia continues to march into Ukraine, um, without much, uh, I would say, without much um, uh, fear about what comes next, we'll have to see. I mean, listen, this is a an increasingly tense situation, and I would, I would, to be honest with you, I just think that um, these sanction, there's going to be an immense pressure from the administ- from Congress for the administration to put on as. Many and as strong sanctions as can be envisioned. And, Anna, as you know, when Congress is out of session, the pressure kind of decreases. But I have to imagine when these lawmakers come back next week, they're going to be hammering the um, the sanctions message.
0: Absolutely, especially as you have a lot of members that have been uh, abroad. We're at the Munich Security Conference doing other CODELs. Uh, It's going to certainly I I imagine that kind of close situation to uh, and contact with foreign leaders from around the world uh, only is going to kind of put the pressure up even more so. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We have a special edition of The Tally. The Tally, of course, is Punchbowl News's ways into how we cover the midterm elections, how we cover political campaigns. Uh, Jake, I'll let yeah, you take it away from here. And here's a conversation between me and Max Cohen about The Tally and about the House
1: landscape in 2022.
2: All right, I'm here with Max Cohen, and we're talking about The Tally, our special edition digging in deep to the... Uh, race for the house of representatives in 2022 max we're going to talk about a few elements of our special edition this morning we're going to start with this really interesting dynamic i mean we really spread out around the Capitol. uh you along with christian hall and john bresnahan to talk to a bunch of the frontliners and frontliners are as we know as many of you know the uh d most endangered or most uh uh politically endangered, I would say, uh, candidates
3: in 2022. What do you think we found? So we asked them about Biden and how Biden's unpopularity would affect the reelection. election And essentially, no one wanted to talk about Biden. They want to go local. They want to talk about infrastructure projects, essentially anything but the president. And that gives you a taste of what these frontliners want to focus on. It's not the unpopular president. It's about their district. But as we know, Jake, midterms can't just be about local politics. In this day and age, the president will have an impact, and they'll have to deal with him. Yeah,
2: and and it brings you back to something that it brings me back, at least, something that Mitch McConnell said yesterday. He said that um, it's very difficult for a congressional party to be uh, successful in the first midterm of a president when the president's numbers are where Joe Biden's are. And um, they are pretty low. I mean, we're seeing around the country uh, and in swing districts that he's hovering in what, the 40% range? Is that where we have him for the most part?
3: Yeah, that's correct. And, and with numbers like that, it's going to be tough for the Democrats. But when we asked them the follow-up question, would you welcome a visit from Biden? No one said no. Everyone said, listen, if Biden came to my district, I would campaign with him. But that was always needed prompted. No one wanted to say off, off the bat, we'll take Biden, we'll happily campaign with him. Let's talk about a few of these. Uh, there's a couple interesting
2: quotes that stuck out to me in this in this edition. Susan Wild, who represents uh, a district in Pennsylvania that that is going to be, uh, none of these are impossible to hold on to. And that's why Mitch McConnell always says you always have to run the races. Nancy Pelosi says something similar to that, that uh, elections are, are are won and lost kind of on the battlefield, so to speak. But uh, uh, when, when you asked or when we asked Wild about about Biden's unpopularity. She said, "I the reason I think we're going to win the House majority is because I think frontliners know how to work their districts really well. I mean, listen, it's a tried and true strategy to localize elections. But as we note, the, um, these elections,
3: Republicans are going to work very, very, very hard to nationalize these elections. Certainly, yeah. And, and just another quote, which I thought was interesting from Dan Kildey of Michigan. He said, it's like running for mayor in every small town in my community. That's what Democrats are trying to do, saying, look, you know us, we're incumbents, we've represented you for a long time, they're not going to try to talk about the national issues, they're going to try to talk about that bridge they're building, you know, the infrastructure funding, the American Rescue Plan funding, that is and their of course, playbook. Whether that's successful, we'll see. Yeah, and, and, and I think the, bi- the big issue is what, what uh,
2: a lot of people call the, mo- the mood music, say that three times fast, the mood music, which is that... Um, I'd say that a lot of Republicans are are telling us that just around the country, the mood is bad with COVID and with um, uh, inflation prices are are higher than people would like. I think that's fair to say. And um, that is the backdrop with which or in front of which uh, Democrats are running for election in 2022. Let's shift over here to two interviews that we did for the Tally special edition, Sean Patrick Maloney, the DCCC chair, and Tom Emmer, the NRCC chair. Let's start with Sean Patrick Maloney. Something that um, really stuck out to me, really stuck out to me uh, in in the interview which uh, Brez, John Bresnahan, conducted with Maloney. He asked about Brez asked about inflation and mask mandates and how those are going to play into the 2022 election. And Maloney said, "Listen." I'm not saying everything's right in the world. I'm just saying I don't have a frontliner who would gladly, who would not gladly talk about infrastructure investments in their district with the president on a stage. So he's conceding. In reality, that the um, some of the the mood around the country is pretty sour, but says that there are elements that they can run on in 2022. The question is, how salient will those investments be in infrastructure uh, in November? How many of those projects will have started and how much do people care with inflation where they are, where it is with uh, uh, the job picture, how it is, although the job picture is pretty good with um, all of the other elements that are going to play into this race in 2022?
3: I think that's a great point, is that with every frontliner, you know, I talked to, they want to talk about the infrastructure investments, the American Rescue Plan, these big pieces of legislation in 2021. But I think it's a good point. In 2022, those really aren't what I don't think voters going to be focused on. It's going to be COVID. It's going to be inflation. It's going to be other things that aren't what Democrats are trying to run on. And that's why I think this disconnect is happening. And you mentioned that from Maloney, the head of the DCCC, quote, listen, I'm not saying everything's right in the world. not even trying to push back on that messaging. I think that's a really good indication of where things are. Democrats are going to try to run on infrastructure, on ARP. I don't know if that's where the voters are going to be, despite these investments have very real impacts in the districts. That just doesn't seem where the American public seems to be. And also, I would say one other interesting thing that
2: Maloney said is that in their data, in the DCCC's data, what they see is that Biden remains very personally popular and people see him as a good and decent guy. Doesn't mean they're happy, happy with everything in the world right now. There's a lot of negative stuff out there with the pandemic still and other things. But we don't see Joe Biden being a liability to our frontliners. So uh, a really interesting um, uh, observation from Maloney using the DCCC's internal data. Let's move on to Tom Emmer who we all sat down with at the NRCC's office, uh, an office I spent a lot of time at when I was writing my book about Congress in the era of Trump. Emmer is uh, a, a bunch of interesting things, but Emmer kind of opened up the interview with, with all of us, you, me, Christian, Hall, and John Bresnan saying, I wish the election were today because Republicans are leading on all of the issues that are most important. Inflation in the economy, crime wave, which I, you know he thinks is gonna be a big issue in 2022. And, um, but it's interesting that he said what he told us, at least what keeps him up at night, what, what, I mean, you could talk about that for a second, Max.
3: Yeah. He said overconfidence and complacency were the two things he was worried about. And I think that's interesting. It does seem to be conventional wisdom among many observers that Republicans are very, very, very strong favorites to take back the house. But, you know, as Ember said, and as, you know, people know you don't want to go into election being too complacent or else voters won't turn out and surprise. That's when surprises happen. Yeah. So obviously, you'd rather be in the position that Republicans are in historically um, in the first midterm election of a sitting president. The party out of power, the Republicans will traditionally pick up more seats and the Republicans are just in a good position considering how close the House is. It's only a five seat margin. That's a very small um you know, margin to make up considering how big the map is and they're confident. They're saying any seats that are Biden plus 12 or less, that's what they're targeting. That's a huge battlefield. You know, we touched on that um, in yesterday's midday edition about battlefield Democratic retirements. They could win 10 seats just in seats that Democrats are vacating alone.
2: The big variable, as we all know, uh, is Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a hundred something million dollars in the bank. He could change the shape of this race. And we asked him about that. Brez pushed him on that. And Emmer's quote to me, I mean, I think this is going to get a lot of attention. It's definitely going to get a lot of, t- of attention in House Republican circles. And here's what Emmer said. Our job is very simple. It's to win races. We focus on November of 2022. The former president, he's a private citizen. He can do whatever he wants. And then Emmer went on to say that they're going to celebrate uh his policies—that's Donald Trump's policies—and here's an interesting quote. But whatever the former president does in the campaign realm, that's his choice to make and his to do. We're focused on what we need to do to win a majority. Now, I'd say that's probably a tad bit of an oversimplification of Trump's um, the impact he could have on 2022. But that
3: definitely stuck out to me. Certainly, but I think it's interesting to look at the House GOP versus the Senate GOP here, and as you make the point in this piece. House Republicans have largely banded behind Trump and not spoken out as prominently as Senate Republicans have. So, you know, we're seeing in some isolated primaries, we'll look at the Liz Cheney primary when the party's turning against an incumbent, but that drama isn't playing out, in my opinion, in the same uh, scale in the House as it is in the Senate. So for me, I don't see Trump as being a massive factor in the Republican uh, sphere in the House as he is in the Senate. It's just not that much of a division, considering how closely McCarthy's tied himself to Trump as compared to McConnell. Thanks, Max. Great job on this tally edition. All
2: of us worked on this together. Max took the lead. So great job to John Bresnan and Christian Hall as well.
0: All right. Thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.